Hello, my name is Reggie Whitley, and over the course of the past three days, I've eaten a whole pack of Oreo cookies, and I am not here to receive your judgment. First of all, hi, Reggie Whitley here. So excited to be back with you for season two of the Open Vault podcast. Really, really excited. Here we are, episode two, season two. And I'm so excited again to be back. I wasn't, well, I was kind of, sort of here. I did a little intro last week, but season two started with Simone Allen. So special shout out and thanks to Simone because of some technical difficulties and um, things that, that happened. Uh, I wasn't able to be the host last week, and Simone stepped in, and she was the host to kind of wrap up our Open Vault Empowerment Talks event. Um, speaking of the Empowerment Talks event, I am so honestly excited that it's over, but I am just really overwhelmed with joy um, based on all of the feedback that I've been getting, all of the testimonials that I've heard, and just the overall experience of hosting my first event and helping people in the process. It was something that um, I believe helped a lot of people based on all the things that I've heard about it. And it didn't go exactly as I planned for it to go. Uh, it really didn't go hardly anything like I thought it would. But it went on and it just seems to have been really great, really impactful, really empowering to people. And that was the overall goal. One of the things that I wanted to do today um, before I go into the, I have a little something that I want to talk about uh, toward the end for just a few minutes. But before I get there, I kind of wanted to, I guess, relive or look back at a few of the clips from the Empowerment, uh, Empowerment Talks event. There were so many good points. Um, we had quite a few guests and all of them just left us with so much. I was telling people before, I, you know, I, I, I'll never understand. <laughs> can we be honest here? Of course we can. It's my podcast. I'll never understand. Why is it that people know that things are going on and they call minutes before it happens? I started getting like calls left or right. Literally minutes before I was even on the phone with people and they were like, what are you doing? Well, I'm kind of in the middle of my event. I know you got the email. Um, for those of you who don't know, I can see when people get my emails. I can see when you open the email. So I know who reads them and who don't when I want to. I don't always go back and look, but I went back and looked for these people because I was like, maybe they didn't read the email. Maybe that's why they're just so happened to be calling me. Huh? Five minutes after we go live. But no. No, they read them. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. We're not here to talk about it, though. Just know if you're listening, you are the type of person I don't understand. But it's okay. It's okay. I'll understand it the by and by. Or maybe I won't. Okay? Because I don't understand insanity. Um, But, yeah, minutes before, I was getting phone calls, and it's okay. But during it... um. I mean, well, well, for those people, some of those people who I was like, okay, I got to get off the phone now, watch our live, um, get your pen and paper and all that stuff. And so I was juggling text messages coming through, inboxes coming through and all that stuff because I wanted to be like a participant myself. 
uh, wasn't granted that opportunity, but <laughs> I was telling everybody, please get your pen and paper. Like, you're going to have to take notes. And so for those of you who missed it, it is on my YouTube um, channel. I have to practice not saying YouTube page because that makes me sound old because that's not what it is. It's on my YouTube channel. Um, just search the RW Podcast Network or you can just search Open Board Empowerment Talks on YouTube. It'll be there until probably next Monday. Um, I was going to take it down today, but I had a few people that called about it and they wanted to kind of look at a few clips and everything that they missed or send it to somebody. So it'll be up until next Monday. After next Monday, it's going away until I get ready to put it back out there, um, which will probably be in a really long time from now. So I want you to go back and look. But one of the things that we talked about or that was talked about kind of the opener, I guess you can say, beyond my, my little talk was um, Jasmine Lafayette. And I was so excited when Jasmine agreed to be a part. I um, didn't know much about Jasmine at the time that I had asked her to, to join, but I just knew that she had to be a part. And I was so excited when she joined and um, spoke on what I wanted her to do was a mental health check. And so her title of her topic was, What Have You Done For You Lately? Take a listen. And while the pandemic may have altered, you know, how we, you know, respond and react in our reality, it does not change the amazing person you are. So I just want to take a minute right here to just really speak some life into you. If, if you've really been struggling with living and if, you know, certain aspects of the imposter syndrome have been affecting you, listen. Understand that you are who God says you are, okay? This whole idea of you having to fit a mold of something or whatever, that is out of the window. And I'm telling you, you know, this from someone who has been there. You know, I had to completely just cast down all of these ideas people had for me and accept God's will for my life. And when I tell you the pressure was lifted, the stress was lifted, you know, and you really begin to enjoy life. So understand that although how we interact with our reality, it has been altered. It does not change the fact that you are an amazing person. You are smart. You are brilliant. You are creative and you have been called to be a light in the earth. Okay. I want you to hear that. Did you hear it? You are called to be a light in the earth. I think that there was one of the, there was so many uh, pivotal points in Jasmine's talk, but that was one of the um, parts that really stood out to me because so many people, especially in 2020, 2020, you know, it hasn't been good for everybody. It hasn't been bad for everybody. It's been quite an experience. Like I say, quite a journey. I always call it. And, you know, journeys have ups and downs, hills and valleys, but um, it's a journey. And so many people have experienced it in so many different ways. But at the end of the day, the thing that remains is that we are all called to be a light for somebody. This may come as a shock or as a fact that's very hard to believe for many people. Statistics say that more than 264 million people globally suffer from depression. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do this mental health check, I wanted not me, but for Jasmine to do it, is because 
during these times, during this era of uncertainty, um, so many people have been battling depression. So many people have been battling um, so many thoughts that are um, of self-harm and things of that nature. And so I was shocked when I learned that over 264 million people across the globe are battling depression. So for those people, I know it'll be, you know, difficult to believe that you can be a light for somebody. But I, like I said, I wanted her to come in and shed some light, tear down some mental barriers and strongholds that we have in our minds so that we can all see ourselves for who we are, not as other people see us, not as we see ourselves, but for who we are, moreover for who God sees us or how God sees us. Some of the ways that we can um, battle these stressful times, because I know and I want to just hone in on it for a split second, because the holidays are coming up. This is the um, the uh, week of, of Christmas. And then after Christmas, we have next year, uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. We're going to go into 2021. And that is such a big thing. First of all, 2021 already, I feel like this year has gone by so fast. But we're about to go into 2021. And believe it or not, just because, oh, I've said it before, I think it was on Chantel's podcast. Hey, Chantel. Just because the year changes doesn't mean that every circumstance, every situation, everything that we're facing will change. And so instead of trying to make things change, things that we have no control over, things we have no power over, uh, things we have no say in, why not figure out a way not to bow to these things, not to settle for these things, but to have a comfort, there's a way to find joy, there's a way to find comfort, there's a way to find peace in every situation. Um, there have been plenty of people um, on earth, in the Bible, in books, in stories, that their situation didn't change, but their outlook, their perspective, the way that they approached it um, mentally, psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually changed. And that person was able to better endure all that he or she was facing. So just a few tips that I saw. Um, I like to save stuff that I see on uh, social media and uh, news things, which comes from social media because y'all know I don't watch the news. I don't listen to the shit. So your boy been delivered. Huh? Because some of y'all was like, why you just watch news on the shade room? I unfollowed the shade room. I feel a praise break. Somebody just started shouting. I had to unfollow the shade room. They were real messy on there. They had gotten too messy. I think it's because I was telling people about them. That's what it was. They, they found that I was telling people about them on the podcast. And they were like, oh, let's turn it up some. And they lost me. Now I get my news from the Baller Report and a few more places. So I'm not, I'm, you know, I, I'm saved from the shade room, but I ain't been delivered. The Lord is still working on me. But the Baller Report didn't, didn't post this. I saw this on something else, and it was just telling some tips to prevent holiday stress and depression. And I'm just going to give you three. You can write them down and break them down in your own time. Acknowledge your feelings. Reach out and be realistic. Acknowledge your feelings. Don't run from it. Don't deny it. A lot of people, especially in certain communities, are taught uh, you shouldn't feel this way. You shouldn't be expressing yourself this way. No, acknowledge your feelings. Because when you acknowledge it, you can deal with it. You're not trying to sweep it under the rug. You're not trying to push it to the back of your mind. You're acknowledging it. You're saying, you have my attention now. Now I know how to deal with you. Reach out. Can't do it all on your own. 
I know I know you you feel like it, but you can't do it on your own. So reach out to others, but be smart about who you reach out to and be realistic. Don't set impossible boundaries. Don't set, you know, unrealistic limits. Be realistic about yourself and with yourself. And then I want to add a fourth one. A fourth one. Just it's a combination. It's the three in one. Just slow down, take it all in, and just breathe. You know what they tell us on a plane? If in the unlikely event <laughs> of a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask falls down, put it over your face, and just breathe. Just breathe. Keep breathing. This last step is about how you respond to the unexpected. You, you, can, you can follow all of my advice. Hey, get free, get identity, be committed, control your appetites, know how to make a real choice, know when to communicate, get around the right friends. But that's, you still can't predict everything that's going to happen in your life, on your way to success, who's going to fail, who's going to win, who's going to leave you, who's going to stay with you. You still can't predict all of those things. And so the last one is about measuring your responses. You know, life is not predictable, but how you deal with life, you can prepare for that. You can't always prepare for everything that's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen, but you can prepare yourself, your character, your fruitfulness. When you fail, Give yourself some grace because there's no such thing with about with about true success without real failure. There's no such thing. Yeah, that was just so good to me. Spoken from the culturalist, the conversationalist, the force of joy herself, Dr. Pam Ross. There's nobody like Dr. Pam Ross. She's she's powerful. And her talk was just so good. There's no True success without failure. She walked us through the the basics of, it's like she broke down uh, preparation for takeoff as far as being a passenger on a plane and broke it down as far as it pertains to getting ready to soar as far as being successful in life. I'm really excited because of, about her because her whole talk was based on a book that she um, is releasing next month and it was it was released actually for pre-sale just a couple of hours before the event. And I was so excited that she agreed to, you know, be a part of the event and everything and give us so many good nuggets. A lot of the times when we see failure, we feel like, oh, that's the end. Um, there's no up from here. I better just quit. I better just throw in the towel. I better stop while I'm ahead. You know, one failure may lead to another, may lead lead to another and another. But no, there's no success without, no true success, she says, without failure. And so a lot of the times when we fail, it's really preparation as far as it pertains to us succeeding. Failure is not the final option. I, I can't remember. There was a phrase. I don't know. I don't know if my grandmother said it. There was somebody who said um, failure isn't final. I don't know. I don't know if it was somebody famous or what, but failure isn't final. Whoever it was, they were telling the truth because a lot of people feel like when you fail, 
you, you there, there's no out, but there's definitely an out. In fact, a lot of the greatest inventions, a lot of the greatest tools and things that we use today started with failure. Do you know that there are so many stories about how like Colonel Sanders, who started the, the KFC brand, had failure after failure after failure as far as being a, an entrepreneur and how Walt Disney had failures before he created what we know to be Walt Disney or Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Productions and all that stuff. I mean, even Oprah and Tyler Perry and all these people who we know and enjoy their work today had failure after failure. Even we can even talk about Vice President uh, or President-elect um, Joe Biden, whether you like him or love him, he won the election, okay? Um, however you feel that he won, he won. But when you look at his political career, he's run before for president and failed, but he didn't give up. And so when you look at all these people that I've named plus more, the common denominator is they didn't give up. They quit, well, well not quit, but they failed. They may have quit for a time. But they continued again and they fought on and they tried something else and they kept going because there is no true success without failure. Speaking of failure, it reminds me of this story that I heard by Sir Ken Robinson from about 14 years ago. He did a discussion and he was talking about how uh, one of his friends almost failed out of school uh, years ago. This friend was... Um, in school in the 1930s, <laughs> that many years ago. And this friend, she was in school and she was very fidgety. And she was a distraction to the other students. She was a distraction to the teacher. And she almost failed out of school. But before her teacher failed her or flunked her, the teacher decided, well, I'm going to have a discussion with the parent, with this uh, child's parent. And so they did a few um, discussions and things of that nature. But one of the things that was done, if I'm not mistaken, it was a psychologist who played music in the in the classroom for the little girl by herself while she was by herself. And they went outside and the mother began to talk to the psychologist. And um, she seen the teacher described her as having some of the things that we would call um I guess we'll kind of diagnose it today as ADHD. But as the music was playing, the um, person said, well, mom, come and look. Look in the classroom. Your daughter is up dancing. And it was amazing because she was just dancing away. And as the lesson was going on, they did some more experiments. As the lessons were going on in the classroom and the child was allowed to get up and dance, they noticed that her grades went up remarkably. And she was no longer a distraction because she was no, long, no longer fidgety in, in the classroom. And so they were trying to figure out what's the problem. Does this child have a disorder? Does this child have some kind of sickness, some kind of mental illness? And the psychologist was like, no, uh, mom, your child is a dancer. In other words, your child is creative. Not to be put in a box, not to be, um, you know, made to sit down in a chair all day long while they're just being talked to. Your child is a creative, not a failure. And so a lot of the times we are put in positions and in predicaments to where we cannot be who we are called and created to be. And it looks like we're failing, but it really and truly you're just not who you are. 
you're not behaving the way that you are supposed to behave. You're not behaving the way that God created you to behave. And so therefore, because you're trying to change who you are and how you behave, it looks like you're failing. But yeah, you're failing because you're trying to be somebody else. This is especially true with creatives. This is why creativity is so important in the field of education. So that's why I had to bring on Zoe Davis to give us a talk about why creativity is important in the classroom. Education is a huge passion of mine. I hope to have a school I plan on. I see myself having this school where we learn by nothing but the arts, performing arts and creativity because creativity is the highest form of intelligence. Creativity is the highest form of creativity. When you allow a student and even yourself, when you allow your creativity to flow, and I hate to hear somebody say, I'm not creative. Like, yes, the problem is so many of us as adults have not been allowed to be creative. And so we can't express anything outside of what we're told to express. This for me creates a robot. You create workers. Creativity, creative those the creatives are the ones that create iPhones. The creative are the ones that nine times out of ten may drop out because they're bored. I can't tell you how many parents I've talked to. Well, I'm having a problem with my kid because the teacher says she just dazes off into space. Yeah, she's bored. That, yeah, because she's bored, it's always kind of funny to me. But it's so true. One of the greatest enemies of our lives is doing things that doesn't fulfill us, that doesn't compliment us, that doesn't make us feel like we're doing what we're called to do, what we're passionate about, what we were created to do. And a lot of people do that more often than they realize. Some do it all their lives. One of the things that I've noticed in life, <laughs> my short, short few years of living is that there are so many people, young and old, I hate to see it with younger people, my generation and lower or younger, who live their lives based on what their parents desire, what their grandparents desire. And I hate to see people who are older, especially older in their and, and you know, it's not I'm not saying old, because I know if I say fifty, they're like, that's not older. It's older than me. Okay, that's twice my age. Okay. Don't come for me. Um, in their 50s and 60s and 70s who have lived their lives and they feel like they've, you know, lived it to the fullest. But when you really look at it, you're like, mm, I feel like there's more <laughs> that you should have done. And I know who am I to sit around and say what somebody else should have done with their lives. But, you know, people who it's like you, you know that you haven't fully fulfilled your life's passion, goals, dreams or even discovered what it is that you were supposed to do. And a lot of the times it's because we're so busy trying to please others, provide for others, care for others, make sure everyone else is comfortable, make sure everyone else is satisfied and done for, that we kind of put ourselves on the back burner. That's one of the reasons I wanted to bring Coach L to give us a few tips. In all actuality, when you really think about it, somebody who's going in 18 different directions is distracted because at some point in time, you can assess and realize if you're going in 18 different directions, I guarantee you 16, 16 or, or more of those you're not supposed to be doing. That's right. The biggest distraction is not 
uh, the devil or money or sometimes your focus or your time, sometimes the biggest distraction can be what all you are good at, all the directions that you're being pulled, and lastly, where you have not said no. That's right, the distracted entrepreneur often has an ability or an inability to say no. Before I go any further, I want you guys to say this with me. No. <laughs> no. I mean, keep going. No. That is the vocabulary word that every entrepreneur has to have in their repertoire. And I mean from jump. As simple as it is, but that no can be the thing that stops you from going down a downward path or a long journey into a lane or to endeavors or into ideas and concepts and into strategies that really do not apply to you, what you desire to do, and who you're called to affect and the people you're designed to service. I'm telling you, what I did in my first few years of, at being an entrepreneur was I said yes to everything. Biggest distraction ever. You know why? Because I was so focused with doing all those things that I said yes to, I completely forgot my original intent and my original why. A few minutes ago, I was watching uh, the best talk show ever in the history of talk shows, the greatest talk show ever um, with the greatest talk show host in the entire world. I've looked for a better. I can't find one. Oprah Winfrey on the Oprah Winfrey Show. And the episodes that I was watching were one of many because today has been a day full of watching Oprah. So I've seen, you know, about six shows. But one of the episodes that I was watching was the one about having the disease, she called it, the inability to say what you really want, to say what you desire, to confront things and to overall just say no. It is so amazing watching that show. I was really just sitting there like, man, this really, at first I was like, disease, Oprah, <laughs> that's such a strong word. But watching people who were in the audience, who they got a chance to, to speak up and say how they really had difficulty saying no, how they had difficulty saying what they really wanted and, you know, what they desired and Coach Ev, Evan Brown, spoke on that just remarkably. And it's something that I think that a lot of people need to work on. When I was watching the show, there were so many stories being told. Even Oprah told a story of how she lived in when she was working in Baltimore as a news anchor. Um, two stories from, from that time when she first got there, they told her that her hair was too thick and that her ass were too far apart. But, you know, they didn't do anything about that. But they said that your hair is too thick and we're going to send you to New York to get your hair done. And she went there and, you know, um, the place was not culturally the same as a place that, or a salon that would um, really tend to her style of hair. And she asked, you know, do you do black people hair? And well, no, she said, do you do black hair? And the guy was like, oh, we do black hair, blonde hair, brunette, all kind of hair, redheads. And, of course, that isn't what she was talking about. But she sat there, let them slap a perm on her head. And she knew that she needed to get them to wash it out. And she told them, hey, my head is burning. I think you should wash this out. And they were like, no, um, it's going to stay on your head for 18 minutes. And she was afraid to say no. Within two weeks, all her hair fell out and she was bald. So <laughs> it is such a big thing. To say no is such an issue with some people, and I hope that you are practicing with, with Coach Ed when he told us to practice. I was practicing because no is such a powerful 
two-letter word that everyone needs to know. Um, it is one that everyone needs to practice. It is one that I think will help us to go a lot further in life, in our ventures, in our endeavors, in our businesses, um, in our relationships, and all of that. Just simply saying no. And it'll help us get back focused on what we really need to be focused on, the things that we should really be doing, and we will feel a more fulfilled life. We will live a more fulfilled life and know that we are doing all that we are supposed to be doing, not worrying about other things, not trying to satisfy other people, saying no and living our fulfilled lives. After learning how to say no and getting back focused and defeating distractions with Coach F, Shakita Davis gave us the wake-up call that none of us knew that we needed. And it's like we have perfected the art of looking good and sounding good and sounding right and acting like we got, got it all together. We've perfected that art, but what does our insides reflect? What do our thoughts look like? What stories do our tear-stained pillows tell? What stories do the walls in the room when no one's watching tell? What stories are they telling? Will they say that you have it all together or will they say that you need healing? All I really want for us to do is to get to the point where we stop sweeping stuff under the rug. It's time for us to address those issues so that we can get to the bottom of them. We can heal from them. So I had to speak out. I had to speak up and I had to say something. And sometimes we lie to ourselves like we're good, we, you know, whatever. But we need healing. We need to be healed because we're broken. We're damaged. And I know some people say, well, broken crayons still color, though. Yeah, they might color. But how much more useful would they be if they were whole crayons? At the same time, how much more impactful could you be if you were whole, if you have dealt with all of your issues? You know, I left that talk speechless, really. I was like, do we open the altar? You know, do we give the people some, what is that, eco gel to relay their edges? Because she snatched y'all's edges later. I, I don't know. Um, it was a good talk. I, I was like, whoa. <laughs> we did not know we needed that. But so many needed that. So many needed that because, you know, a lot of people just need healing, as she said. Um, one of the things that I thought about during that, well, after that, really, because I had to regroup, is, you know, I was just thinking January the 1st, 2021 is right around the corner, literally less than two weeks away. And on that day, millions, if not billions of people are going to spend so much of their time creating and writing out and thinking up their New Year's resolutions. Some are going to say they want to stop smoking. Some are going to want to say they lose weight. Some are going to say that they want to start a business or get a new job, finish their degree, different things. All that's good. But one of the things that I think based on that total um, talk is that one, we need to, to make it a goal in 2021 to just search ourselves. If we have to do it alone, if we have to get a therapist, um, however we have to do it, to search ourselves and figure out what areas within us need healing. Can you imagine how much better we would all be if we were just 
freed of everything that held us down, everything that weighed us down and, and kept us broken, those little spots that keep us broken. I think that that should be, I'm not a fan of New Year's resolutions. I'm not a fan of it. But if there were to be a New Year's resolution, internal healing, I think, is the resolution that many people need to take. Everyone, really. Everyone has a broken area. Everyone has an area that if it's not broken, it's crumbling. And once it crumbles so much, it will be broken. And then you'll have more work to do. So I definitely think that that is such a great start to the year. Working on healing. Inner healing. Emotional, psychological, mental. However you uh, see fit to do it. Whatever path you see fit to take. As long as it's like legal and not going to harm you physically, you know. But to to go after inner healing. Now, before I end this podcast, I wanted to just take a few moments to talk about something that I was thinking about earlier. And I wrote it down and I was like, oh, I think this will be a great topic to just hit on toward the end uh, before we leave and, and end episode two. And the topic is keep the fire burning. <laughs> no, not in the bedroom. No, not in your marriage. Come out of there. Come out of there. Come out of there. I'm telling your man to come out that gutter that it just went in. Keep the fire burning because so many times, especially towards the end of the year, I'll speak for me. Around October, November-ish, I just start getting like overwhelmingly tired. I just get to the point where I'm just overwhelmed. I feel like I can't take too much more. I'm just tired. I need a break. I need a vacation. I always say that one day I'm going to start doing like a vacation toward the end of the year around like October or November. Just take like some time away and not worry about anything, not try to get anything done. Just if it's just a weekend or maybe even a week, um, take some time to mentally rest. And this year, like I say, it's been quite a journey. And so many things have come up against some people that have made you kind of tired. You know, whole lives have changed, life structures and living conditions, living arrangements. Uh, money has changed, or, or finances, I should say, jobs and job security and things of that nature. A lot of it has changed for a lot of people. And so it's really hard when you are juggling all of these changes. And some of us do it very well and some don't do it well at all but whether you are the best or the worst at doing it most of the times it's still quite the challenge to juggle all of these changes especially when you're used to things being one way for so long and all of a sudden you look around and everything looks different and so it's really hard to keep that fire burning. All of us have a fire, I believe, that is on the inside of us that makes us want to do things, want to do more, want to succeed at different things, accomplish certain things, try different things, launch different things. And many times we um, all experience it at some point. If you really look at your life, I experience it at the end of the year. Some people go into the new year with discouragement because, you know, Everybody's talking about around this time, look at what I've done. I've done this, I've done that. I've succeeded in this this area or these areas in this year. And it's left some people who haven't succeeded in as many areas kind of going into the new year depressed or 
uh, said some even don't even look at what others have done, but they look at what they have not done going into the new year, what they haven't done in the previous year. And they're like, man, um, I thought that I would have done this. I thought I would have succeeded in this area, even if it's something as far as I thought that I would have gotten down to this size of clothes by the time this year came in. Or I thought that my business would have been bringing in this amount of revenue by this time of the year. And so I just think that people should kind of figure out it, it takes an inner work again to figure out what time of the year or what triggers these certain things and work on discovering what keeps your fire burning, what keeps your passions brewing, what keeps you motivated, what keeps you empowered and inspired. And I challenge you, we can call this up. We can call this MMA, Monday Morning Application. And so what I want you to do is Take these things and apply it to your life. Figure out what is it that I can do to keep the fight. So for me, I'll tell you, for me, I didn't want to uh, do this. Uh, I'm Like I said, I'm tired. I'm really just depleted at this point. I'm not even tired. I'm, I'm not even exhausted. I'm depleted. I just don't even know. I just, I'm, I'm just tired. And so I didn't even feel like doing this podcast. I was like, maybe I should just skip this season. Well, not skip this season, but this time frame, these 10 weeks, and then let Chantel come back in 10 weeks on schedule. And then I come back and try again. Maybe I won't be so tired. But I was like, no, we're going to go ahead and we're going to push through because we don't want to throw it off and blah, 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 and yada, yada, yada. And today I was like, oh man, I don't feel like doing a recording. I just, oh, I just don't have it in me today. And one of the things that gets me going, like I say, uh, said earlier, is watching Oprah. Now, I know, I know, some of y'all are like, what, man, your business, okay? That's something that gets me going. That's something that ignites my fire. And because I I, I want a talk show, right? I mean, I, I want that studio audience and stuff. And so I watch her and I'm like, oh, man, she does so good. And she does this and she used to do this. And that is such a good topic. And, man, look how she's changing those lives. Man, look at how she's bringing light to this, this situation. Look how she's giving people an opportunity to speak what they want to say, speak their mind, speak their truth, and just live their life unapologetically. I was even watching an episode today. Smokers versus non-smokers, people who want to smoke and want to live in a smoke world, <laughs> smoking cigarettes, and people who don't want anybody to smoke and don't, they want to restrict all smoking, like my city shouldn't have smoking. And I was like, oh, this is so good because you have people who are free to just come on here and say what they want to say legally <laughs> and give their opinions and it's helping people. It's, it's shining a light so people can understand each other. And so watching watching um, that show ignites my fire. Another thing, because different things do it for different things. So that's what made me decide, okay, we're going to go ahead and do the, the podcast today. Uh, so when it's time to record for next week, maybe I'll watch another show of hers. I don't know. But <laughs> at least I know what I can do. To kind of get me get me going. Another thing, when I you know I write books and I have a book out and I was supposed to release a book uh, last month. I said I was going to um, 
my writing said otherwise. You know, I can't say that the Lord said otherwise. Because, you know, I can't say that the enemy said otherwise and with him. Uh, I said otherwise. So I just haven't felt like writing sometimes. But one of the things that I do, and you know, I always say on here, I don't call preachers names because, you know, they out here cutting up and I be scared I'm going to, you know, get y'all liking somebody who ain't right but <laughs> one person who i just love is is my favorite dr trim dr cindy trim i can just watch her i have to be careful with her because like i can look at a tweet of hers and write a chapter so like if i don't want to do something i avoid her I avoid her her tweets avoid her posts on instagram avoid her videos avoid her uh, on youtube because I know there's something about watching her or reading something that she says that gets me going. And it's like, okay, that's keeping the fire or reigniting the fire on the inside. Now I feel like I can write. And I might not even write anything about what she said. But it's just something about certain people that will get you stirred up and get you going. And so my challenge to you for today's first ever Monday morning application is to discover what is it that gets that fire burning on the inside of you. Discover what it is, hold on to it, and start getting that fire burning and run like you never ran before and accomplish things that you never thought that you would accomplish. That's my talk. <laughs> That's my podcast. That's this episode. That's my advice for you. I hope by next week, you will have like a testimony or something, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to open it up for that. We're not going to have testimony service, but hopefully by next week, um, you know, y'all can inbox me or something. You would have like a change of mindset. You have a fresh fire in you that would allow you to do things that you've been putting off for a very, very long, way too long, I, I would say. And it'll keep the fire burning all throughout not only your week, but throughout 2021 until you accomplish that which you should accomplish. All right. I will be back next week by myself. I don't know what we're doing with guests this season because who guests who don't feel like booking nobody. So you might have me alone. So I don't know. But next week you will just have me. So come back next week. Episode three.